Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. God bless my words today. Let them not fall on deaf ears, but receptive hearts. God, we ask these things and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week we unpacked and opened up this series talking about Adam and Eve. And we took it back to the book of Genesis to really show you that God has never called any of us to do this thing called life alone. As a matter of fact, as I shared with you on last week, if we go back to the book of Genesis, when he created Adam, he created, he had a bunch of animals and he gave Adam vision. And what was the vision? He said, here, here, I'm going to give you an assignment, but here's the vision for that assignment. All of these animals that are here, your assignment is to name them, but he couldn't name them without a vision. So he gave Adam in the Garden of Eden, this place that was perfect, and he gave him this assignment, name these animals. And then after he created all the heavens and the earth and the water and the sea and, and all of these things, he said it was good, everything was good. But then he looked up and he said, you know what, man is working so hard. He's done everything I've asked him. He's, he's, he's fulfilled some of his assignment uh, by naming the animals. He's taking care of the land, which is the work I've given him. I've given him vision. He's doing that. He said, but it's not good that he is alone. And in that moment, I share with you all that God did not create Eve to give Adam companionship. He already had animals for companionship, right? He already had company when he had animals. He gave Adam Eve, the Bible tells us, as a helpmeet, right? Not a wife. He didn't say, I'm giving you a wife. I'm giving you somebody you can have romantic relationship with. No, I'm giving you somebody to help meet and fulfill the purpose I have for you. In that moment, that very very important moment that we find in Genesis 2, God was establishing what is most important, and that is that we be in relationship with others, okay? We can only fulfill that God's plan, God's purpose for our lives in relationship with other people. Now, it just so happened that the woman that he gave to be in relationship, to be the helpmate to me, to help Adam fulfill his goals, to help him fulfill his purpose, well, also became his wife. So he had the pleasure of having somebody that helped him reach his purpose and his goals, but somebody to help him fill the land with more of them to replenish the earth because God told them, uh, be fruitful and multiply. By the way, stick around because we, we, as we continue to talk about this, this series, squad relationship, hashtag uh, friendship goals, we're going to get into what God's purpose was for the multi- be, be fruitful and multiply. The fruitful is joy, right? He, he wanted them. See, the multiplication comes as a result of the fruitfulness, yeah. All right. My, my grown folk will get that in a minute. So so 
in a few weeks, we're going to have the sex talk. I'm just going to say it right, just like that. And if you want to know sex according to biblical standards, show up. Teenagers are welcome because I think what better place to learn about sex than in God's house. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that because guess what? The world is going to teach them about sex and it's not going to be biblical. Y'all already know that. All right, so uh, you want to be here for that. Don't miss a single one. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about singleness. We're going to talk about family. We got some really incredible weeks coming up. And then uh, next week, uh, Minister Eddie is going to lead us in, in, a, in a powerful message that will continue to talk about relationships. And the week after that, our teens are going to co-pastor a message. Y'all don't want to miss that. We're going to set the stage up. For them, it's going to be like us being in their setting on two weeks from now, so be here for that. So we got a lot of fun things lined up, a lot of deep conversations that we're going to have, and I'm telling you, you don't want to miss a single week of this message. Tell your friends, tell your single friends, tell your married friends, because we are going to talk about it. We're going to get in the dirt and talk about it. Amen? Amen. But today we're going to talk about this one right here. You know, we cannot have, because God designed us to have relationships with others to fulfill our purpose. I'm just going to tell you this right now. You cannot have healthy relationships with people until you have a healthy relationship with God. If you're wondering why you have issues in your family and those relationships are working or not working out, if you wonder why uh, your relationship with, with, with your coworkers ain't working out, if you wonder why you're having issues in your marriage, if you're wondering why you're having issues on the dating scene, if you wonder why some of these things are happening, I guarantee if you pause for a moment and just look, take an inventory of your relationship with Christ. How much time are you spending with him? Versus how much time you're spending on trying to please those people in your life for a healthy relationship. Think about it. If you look at all the unhealthy areas of relationship, you have to kind of look at it like, okay, I'm spending all this time trying to please uh, uh, my family. I'm spending all this time trying to fix these relationships. I'm spending all this time trying to make everybody at my job feel good. I'm spending all this time trying to make sure my spouse is happy with every decision I make. I'm spending all this time on the dating apps. I'm spending all this time trying to make sure I look right, act right, say the right thing to meet the right person in my life. But then you look up and say, you know what? I spend 40 hours doing that, but only two hours with, with God. That's the answer to your problems. If I'm giving 40 hours to trying to have these healthy relationships but only giving God two of those hours, there's no way that's going to work. Because God sees relationships only two ways. God sees relationships only two ways. God sees the relationship between you and him and the relationship between you and his people. And his thing is, if, if we ain't right, this ain't going to never be right. Don't miss that. He sees relationship only two ways, between you and him and him and, and you and his people. And his thing is, he wants you to be in relationship with his people, but you will never have healthy relationships with his people if your relationship with him, the one who supplied the people, is not healthy. We've got to have a healthy relationship with him. And if we're not spending enough time with him and we're spending more time with them, guess what? Them will never equate to healthiness with him. The healthiness has to happen with him. If we have a healthy relationship with God, we have a healthy relationship with his word, with Christ, we have a healthy relationship with, 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 with God, guess what? The exterior, the other relationships are good. And I will, be, I will show you what I mean by that. See, God has put the desire in our hearts to know and be known. God has put the desire in our hearts to know and to be known, to be loved and to love. We are designed to desire relationships. 
Every single one of us, even that person that's an introvert that don't like crowds, they still want to be known. I, I don't want you to point me out. I have, listen, I have some of my best friends. I would say the majority of the people I'm around are introverts. That makes me easy to be who I am as an extrovert. <laughs> I was like, yo, you can ha- I'll handle the talking to people because I love to talk to people. My wife would tell you, I don't know a stranger. I, everywhere I go, I make a new friend all the time. I just love people. I love stories. I love hearing people's stories, right? But I don't think there's an introvert in the room. And I guarantee if I ask the introverts to raise their hand, probably about 85% of this room will raise their hands. Probably more than that, right? The introverts, I don't, I don't want to be, I, I just want to be in the back. I don't want, I don't like crowds. I'd rather spend time at home. I don't want to be out. And that's okay. But the truth of the matter is you still want to be known. I don't want to be in the front, but I want you to know I'm here. I, I, I don't want to be the, the leader, but I want you to know I exist. Amen. Because it is in us. It's injected in us. The only re- Listen, the only way that we can fulfill God's purpose is if we're in relationship with one another, whether you want to be or not. So even the introverts has this thing. I want to be known. Even the introverts want to be loved. And they want to love. Just like extroverts, we all do. Extroverts, we, we different. We, we got a different kind of love. We want to be known, we want to be loved, and we want to be the center of attention, right? I mean, I'm just, I'm an extrovert. I can say that, and I won't be judged, but I love, listen, I walk in the room. I want people to know I'm in the room. Huh? I was just on a movie set last week. I mean, you know, we had 200 cast members and, and this and that, but I want people to know I'm here. I know I'm only the percussionist. But I'm here. I know that Jay Hud is on the stage singing. But guess what? I'm here. And I would, and, and just so you know, I would get there early before I needed to be. Before, and listen, if call time was eight thirty, I was there at eight o'clock. Hey, how you doing? How are you? So good to be. What's your name again? Oh, so good to me. I want to be known. So then, when by by the time my time is up, they know. Oh yeah, that's Broderick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you're the percussionist, right? I want to be known. That's the extrovert in me. I can't help it. it I'm not going to get a bigger paycheck than anybody. I'm not going to make more friends. I'm not going to get more jobs. But that's just with what's in me, right? Because that's how God designed me. And that's how he designed each and every one of us with these unique abilities or some would say inabilities. You know, relationships, my brothers and sisters, and we'll talk about this over the course of the next few, day, next few weeks. Relationships, this is something my pastor says shall either move you forward or either put, push you backward, okay? Every relationship serves a purpose, right? And relationships will either push you forward or they'll pull you backward. And you want to kind of stay away from those that pull you backward, right? How many of you have been in those kind of relationships? You're like, man, I've gotten over some hurt. I've gotten over some stuff. I've dealt with daddy issues and mommy issues and whatever issues, and I feel like I've progressed, but all of a sudden, you have one moment that causes a setback, and all of a sudden, this new relationship is pulling you back. And you don't realize it until you're knee-deep into it that you start feeling similar emotions. Like, wait a minute, this feels... How in the heck did I get back here? Because you jumped into a relationship, and here's why. Because we're attracted to what we're familiar with, right? If it's, if, it, if, it's, if it's not familiar, I don't want to touch it because it requires too much work. I'm attracted to what's familiar. And what happens is we dress, watch this, we end up in familiar relationships that dress differently. <laughs> and we've got to be careful of that. 
So, so, so I'm going to help you deal with this. I'm going I'm to help you deal with this. I want you all to meet me in the book of Matthew, chapter 22. And we're going to start with verse 36. Remember what I said. God sees relationships between, he sees relationships two ways. One, between himself and you. We see that in Matthew 20, uh, verse, chapter 22, verse 36 to 37. Here's what it says. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your, all your, all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Catch that. He's telling you right now, if you want to have a healthy relationship, it begins with loving the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. You've got to love God more than you even love your spouse. You've got to love your spouse. Here it is. I'm going to preach about this in a few weeks. More than you love your children. Ooh, I get in trouble when I say that to some people. Because people say stuff like this. Oh, they, my, my spouse can leave me. But my children, your children are going to leave you someday. If you ain't planning for your children to leave you someday, they're going to be with you forever. And the parents said amen. (laughs) I'm preaching to some folk this morning. (laughs) And you've got to put God first if you are in a marriage. And then put your spouse second to God. And then put your children third to your, to your spouse. Because they will leave you someday. This is why you see people that, that have been married for a long time and the kids leave the house and they're looking at each other like, well, now what we do? What, what do we do now? I mean, we haven't dated since the first baby came. So it's 18, 20 years or more of not dating. You've got to continue that same stuff. Always put your spouse first because one day your kids will leave and you're looking up like, what do we do now? I don't, I don't know. You go your way, I go my way, and we'll come back at some point. Right? No, we've got to make these things first. So listen, he says here, the relationship between himself and you. He says, love the Lord your God. He starts with that. Every relationship is predicated on our ability to love God, with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind, our entire being. We have to love him first, everything we do. Then second to that, he says, between you and his people. We find that in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine 39 through 40. He says, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right. So first we got to love God, but then we have to love our neighbor. Who's your neighbor? The neighbor could be your spouse. (laughs) Your neighbor could be your coworker. Your neighbor could be your parents. Right. Because a lot of us, I mean, let's be real. There's a lot of us that's dealing with some parental issues. Some of us are dealing with not just daddy issues. And I'm sick and tired of people just blaming daddies. Not everybody in the world that's making bad decisions have daddy issues. A lot of them have mommy issues. Some of them just have parental issues altogether. So stop just saying daddy issues. We're not the only ones not making bad decisions or, or being absent. Also, you got to understand sometimes, uh, and I'm not trying to get on this pedestal today. We could talk about it another time. But sometimes there are people, not in this church because these are holy people, there are people who keep their children from the father when the father wants to be there. Because of money. 
Money can never replace presence. Money can never replace presence. And I tell sisters all the time, if he ain't doing right by you financially, still give him the opportunity to be present in your child's life. That, that, you can't put a value on that. Yeah, I know you need help with the diapers. I know you need help with tuition. I know you need help with the books and school. And I get it. He could do better financially. I get that. But do not deny him presence from his child. The child will resent you, number one, and then you'll just keep blaming the father when he wanted to be there physically. All right, I'm a, I'll preach that another Sunday if you want. I, I, I'm okay with that, but that's just where I stand in that. So, so how do we do this, Pastor B? How do we kind of put God first and balance relationship with the people? Can you, can you show us how we do that, Pastor B? Well, here it is. Meet me over in the book of John. John gives us very clear instructions on how we balance these kind of relationships. And I'm about to show you uh, with illustration. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Here it is. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings joy, great joy, great glory to my father. So let me show you what I mean by that. You, you might be saying, okay, what does that have to do with relationships, right? Many of us, I don't think there's a single person in this room that can, ra- that, that can sit silently and not raise their hand and say, I've never been hurt. Everyone in this room has experienced some sort of trauma, and I guarantee the trauma came from the hand of of a relationship, whether it be a a, a parental relationship, whether it be a work relationship, whether it be a romantic relationship. Watch this, whether it be a religious relationship, because there are so many people walking around talking about suffering from church hurt. Okay? Okay. We've all experienced hurt, and you guys have heard this before. Hurt people what? You've heard that, right? Hurt people hurt people. So in other words, you and your wounded self has hurt somebody before too. It's natural. And and intent does not care. It's not about what you meant to do or it's not about what you thought you do or, or well, here, what had happened was, no, 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 no. You hurt somebody. We've all hurt somebody and we've all been hurt. And here's why we've been hurt. I want to show you. Uh, let me see. Who are my volunteers I talked to earlier? There was a couple people I talked to. My wife is out of the building. So I'm going to get some new volunteers. Uh, Sam, can I borrow your wife? No. <laughs> We're Facebook Live, so I'm not going to say what I wanted to say. Come on up here. Sheldon. 
Uh, so we got Tina, we got Sheldon, um, Ed, come on up here, Ed. Mom, come on up here. All right. So, good. This is wonderful. Give it up for my volunteers. They don't know what they're going to do yet. So, Mom, you're going to be Mom. I call her Mom. She's not my mom, but she treats me like a son. Okay? And so, T, Sam, this is just for play. T will represent my wife. Or a relationship, okay? So I want you to come and just grab a part of this rope, okay? Sheldon, dude, you're my best friend. I want you to also grab a part of this rope. Ed, you, my friend, are my pastor. Can you come and grab a part of this rope? I want you to just, not the end, I want you to grab this. There we go. Now, this is my life. These are my relationships. And life is so good. I'm a, I thank you. God, I thank you so much for my beautiful mother who gave life to me. I, I thank you so much. But, Mom, where were you at my baseball games and my football games and you've let me down? Can you let go of the rope, please? Oh, my God. My mother broke my heart. She was never there for me. She didn't show up to my place. She didn't do anything. She never told me she loves me. Oh, I'm depressed. Oh, life is terrible. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, oh, oh. Since my mother abandoned me. Hey, what's up, shorty? You looking good. You got a man? No? Hey, my me and you hook up. So now T is my romantic relationship. And girl, I love you. Ain't I ain't never met nobody like you. But you know what? We, we're not gelling anymore. And, and, and what do you mean I'm not good enough? And, 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 and you like him more than you like me? And she dumped me. So let go of the rope, please. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm depressed now. I'm going to get my heart is broken. My mother's not there for me. My girl, she left me for this dude over here. This ain't right. I'm terrible. Yo, homie, man, what should I do, bro? Bro, why, why you ain't answering your phone? Why aren't you picking up, man? Where are you? Why aren't you answering? Drop this rope because you're not even in my life anymore. Yo, pastor, man, what's going on, man? Because my mother's get, she, she's never been there for me. My girl that I love, she broke my heart and she's not in my life. My boy ain't picking up. He act like I don't care, but I was there when he needed me. I gave him money when he needed me. When he wanted me to bail him out, I bailed him out. Pastor, what am I to do? Oh, you don't know. Oh, oh just, just pray about it. That's all you got for me. Drop the rope. Now I'm depressed. Everybody's left me off the stage. I'm depressed. And this rope that everybody was holding on to, guess what? I'm thinking this is my only answer. This is my only answer. This is my only way out. And I'm going to go to a place of isolation. And isolation, I've got this thing around my neck. But you want to know why this is happening? You know why I'm depressed? Do you know why joy has left my heart? Do you want to know why there's pain in my heart? Do you know why I'm looking for validation in the stuff? Now I'm going to start using drugs. Now I'm going to start uh, uh, looking at pornography. Now I'm going to start just acting out all wild. Do you know why I'm doing this now? Because those relationships I've had have failed me. They failed me because I put so much stock into those relationships. I put all my stock into those relationships. Come here, Elder Danny, and all my friends who left me. 
This time, elder, I want you to hold this side. Everybody in the same position they were in before. Now we're all holding on to a vine. Hey, mom, I love you so much, but why didn't you show up to my, to my events? I needed you. But you know what? It's okay. I'm still holding on to the vine called Jesus. Hey, T, you broke my heart, but baby, I, and I love you, and, and you broke my heart, and I know you chose him over me, and, and, and I don't know why, but you know what? I'm still connected to the vine. We're good. You know what? Hey, hey, Sheldon, I needed you to be a friend, but you know what? I got a friend that's closer than a brother, and his name is called Jesus. It's okay. We're good. And, and pastor, I get it. Sometimes you may have been overwhelmed. Sometimes you didn't have the words to pray for me, but you know what? I'm, I'm connected to the good shepherd. Uh, he is Abba, my father. He is the Lord God Almighty, and so we're good. And the thing is, when you're connected to the vine, you can't choke from it. When you're connected to the vine, I can try to put this thing around my neck, but because the vine, hold on to the vine now, you got to be the vine. The vine is so tight. Look at, look at, ah, I'm trying to choke myself, but I can't because the vine, I'm connected to it. I want to give up, but I'm connected to the vine. The vine keeps me in the place. As long as I'm connected to the vine, guess what? I get the spirit, I get the, 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 the fruit. I'm fruitful. Now, this is why y'all not, this is why y'all quiet. Y'all can go right now. See, when I'm connected to the vine, the Bible tells us this, right? We produce fruit. Oh, what fruit is he talking about? What fruit is he talking about, pastor? Let's go to Galatians 5, 23. Hell, here we go. 5.23, 5.22.23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And there is no law against these things. And what did Jesus say? As long as you remain in me, you produce good fruit. So no matter who's in or out of your life, if I'm connected to him, I have kindness. I have gentleness. I have faithfulness. As long as I'm connected to him, I'm not worried about who's in or out of my life. I'm connected to Abba, our father. I'm connected to the good shepherd. I'm connected to the one who is the prince of peace. I'm connected to the one who's a friend that's closer than a brother. So friends don't have to answer the phone. I'm connected to the vine. I don't have to look for validation from a woman. I got it from the vine. He gives me the fruit that I need. As long as I remain connected to him. And here's the thing. Some of y'all have been disconnected. And this is why you're wondering why you're having relationship issues. This is why you're wondering why you keep looking for validation in man. I'm going to tell you right now, your spouse, your spouse can't give you the validation you need. As a matter of fact, I'm going to flip it this way, and I'll preach about it in a couple of weeks. Expecting your spouse to do something only God can do is a disservice to her and, or him and God. Man could never feel the emptiness in you. Only God can do that. Man could never, ever give you the love that only God can give you. Only God gives us that kind of love. Stop looking for validation in people. When you're connected to the vine, people will tell you you're not good enough. When you're connected to the vine, you look and say, I'm made in his likeness and his image. I am made whole. Man can't tell me nothing. You don't have to look at who loves you and who doesn't love you. You don't have to look at what your parents do and don't do. Look at what he did. He saved you. He gave you purpose. It's his breath that is in your love. You may carry your parents' last name, but you carry the anointing of Christ. When you're connected to the vine, you're not looking for that kind of validation. 
when you're connected to the vine, when, somebody, when somebody's looking, looking to you for relationships, you're looking like this. And, You've abandoned me. Love don't live here anymore because I'm connected to the vine where love lives. I'm kind to you, but I'm connected to the vine. And as long as I'm connected to the vine, I can produce fruit, the fruit of the spirit, which is peace, which is faithfulness, which is which is which is which is all of these wonderful and beautiful things that he's given to us, gentleness, self-control. When I'm connected to the vine, guess what? I'm not looking at pornography. I got self-control. When I'm connected to the vine, I'm not looking at, 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 at stuff that doesn't honor the one I'm connected to. And this is why we have relationship issues. Because guess what? You've severed yourself from the vine when you should have severed yourself from the relationships. It's okay to say, ouch. And I don't know if you know about pruning. I remember the first time my father-in-law down in Tallahassee had me at his house, and we were pruning crepe myrtle bushes. And, and there's a difference between severing and, and pruning, okay? And so what happens is some of us mix up pruning and severing, and when we should be pruning something, we sever it, and we end up cutting the vine that gives us the fruit. And so I remember I was uh, helping with the crepe myrtle at uh, my, father's, my father-in-law's house, and I'm a city boy. I, I don't know nothing about this. I don't even know how to use these tools, you know. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be cutting, and all I know is that we were cutting these branches back, and we were pruning them, but I'm cutting healthy branches. I'm cutting stuff I shouldn't be cutting, and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, you, you told me we're cutting these branches, and I'm watching you cutting branches, but he knows which branches to cut. I don't, and so I severed branches that would produce beautiful, blossoming flowers in the springtime because I didn't know any better, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're cutting branches that, 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 that have the potential to produce good fruit because, watch this, we don't realize, we don't realize what we're cutting, right? So here, here's the bad part, and we're holding on to stuff, ready, that affects the entire bush. See, what happens is we cut the good stuff that produces fruit, right? I'm going to stop praying, fruit. I ain't going to go to church as much, fruit. <laughs> I ain't going to read the Bible as much, fruit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I ain't getting no amens in here, Marvin. I think I'm talking to a few people. We cut all of the stuff that produces fruit, and we hang on to the parasitic stuff that doesn't. And here's what happens is I cut church. I cut reading the Bible. I cut my prayer time. And guess what? I'm going to hold on to this relationship because I see you changing a little bit. Man, you, uh, I, I want to hold on to this relationship, but guess what? You're starting to read your Bible more. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're finally coming around to this God thing, and so I'm going to give you a chance, but you don't realize that they're reading that Bible, and they're studying that Bible only just to remain in your good graces, but guess what? There's a thing inside of them they have not dealt with because they have already severed themselves from the vine. So what you need to do is stop looking at what they're doing on the surface and say, hey, I got a question for you, bro. I got a question for you, sis. Are you connected to the vine? If you ain't connected to the vine, guess what? I've got to sever ties with you. And as I said earlier, we hang on to relationships, right? Because they still have the same stuff, but they just dress differently. Oh, you look, you look better now. Oh, you, you've got your anger management under control. Oh, you, you, you look better now. You're, you're different. You're nicer. So, yeah, I guess we can be in relationship again. And, 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 and let me tell you why we do that. Ready? We do that because we're Christians. We do. Well, as a Christian, I'm supposed to forgive you. 
And we think that Christianity and forgiveness are synonymous with reconciliation. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not synonymous. I forgive you, but we don't have to reconcile. I forgive you, but I ain't got to hang with you. I forgive you, but we ain't got to be in relationship together. Matter of fact, I forgive you, but forget my number. That's severing relationships. I forgive you, but today, guess what? You've been promoted to the block ministry. Because Christians are so forgiving. I forgive you. I'm supposed to love everybody. Yeah, I can love you from a distance. How can I love you from a distance? I can pray for you from a distance, but we do not have to be in relationship. Because if you're not connected to the vine, you are that parasitic thing that, that I'm holding on to that's causing issues between me and my connection with the vine. And what happens is when you hold on to parasitic things, here's what a parasite is, by the way. A parasite borrows from the host and never returns anything. Right? So a parasite would be like a leech. A leech attaches itself to the host, sucks the blood, and moves on to get more. And you sitting there wondering why you're tired. And what happens is we hang on to parasitic relationships that drain us, that take from us, don't give nothing back to us, don't check in on us, ain't heard from them since they asked you from the last time they needed something. Those are parasitic relationships that get in the way of your connection to the vine. And then you're wondering why you're tired because you're trying to continue to feed a parasite that will never give you what you need to hold on tight to the vine. And you got unhealthy roots. And you start blaming mom and daddy. Them. Oh, I, I, I curse generational. I, I curse generational curses. I, I, I pray over generational curses. Ain't no such thing as generational curses. You are your own person. When God, at the point of conception, formed you in your mother's womb, he gave you a purpose. Not your family a purpose. You a purpose. And the minute you start saying, oh, I want to break these generational curses. You're saying that God intentionally put a curse on you at the moment of conception. That ain't my God. There's no such thing as generational curses. So when you start looking at the habits of your family, you start saying, well, mama them did it. Grandmama them did it. This is a generational curse. No, it's not. You are your own individual. Be the one that changes these bad habits, not these curses. It's not a curse on your family. We're New Testament Christians. That's some Old Testament mess. That's right. So stop blaming mama and them for what they did. Stop blaming daddy and them for what they didn't do. I'm sick and tired of people saying, oh, I have daddy issues. If you're connected to the vine who is Abba, our father, you always got a daddy. But if you ain't talking to that daddy and you're talking to your physical daddy, if you, if you ain't talking to that daddy and you're looking for physical love from your physical daddy, Guess what? You'll never get it. And you're dishonoring the vine. The one who said, I give you fruit. As long as you, he said it. He says it here. I just shared it with you in this scripture. In this scripture in John 15. He says, as long as you remain in me. And I remain in you. You produce fruit. But the minute you stop remaining in me. And start attaching yourself to these parasitic relationships where they just attach themselves to you and drain and draw from you and never put anything back, you'll never, ever produce fruit. And you always have relationship issues. 
How many in here tired of having relationship issues? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm raising my, I'm, the, I'm not just saying this because I want you to raise your hand. I'm raising my hand because that's me. I've got some serious issues. I'm still dealing with issues from my parents. Teenagers. I'm still dealing with issues from, 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 from previous relationships, romantic relationships. I'm still dealing with issues from friends in the past. Right? There are people carrying stuff, you and I carrying stuff. Tina and I were talking. She's studying psychology right now. She's like, ain't nobody in this, in this world walking around that don't have some kind of in- issue mentally that they're dealing with. And I guarantee all of those issues, the trigger was relationship. But if I'm connected to the vine, I'm not concerned with who's in my life or out of my life. If I'm connected to the vine, I'm not looking at mom, you know what? You weren't there for me. Dad, you weren't there for me. Abba has always been there for me, even when I wasn't a believer. He said, while we were yet sinners, when I was a sinner, he was there for me. When I was a sinner, can your friends say they were there for you? That's, listen, in three weeks, two weeks, two weeks, three weeks, three weeks, in three weeks, you need to be here because we're going to talk about that. We gonna, I'm going to help you decipher those who are on your side versus those who are in your corner. That's how you're going to know what you need to sever. You want to be here in three weeks. I'm pr- bring your friends. This is going to be so good. I want to preach it right now, Nicole, but I can't for time's sake. <laughs> Hear me. Be here three weeks. We'll talk about understanding who's in your corner versus who's on your side. And there's a big difference. And I'd rather have people in my corner than people on my side. Because the people on your side, the minute you mess up, they're like, oh, man, I can't believe that happened to you. Yo, you, you, you good? The minute you start losing stuff, the minute you get fired, oh, man, I'm sorry. The minute you get evicted, they slept on your couch. But uh, you know what? It's kind of tight in these quarters. Huh? You know, I'll give you some money for extended stay hotel, but you can't. I don't think you could stay with me. Ooh, y'all don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about it, Nicole. We're going to talk about it. Amen. That's all I got for y'all. Once again, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you, you've got to pick this book up. Okay. By Dr. Darius Daniels. This is a great compliment to everything that I'm talking about. I'm pulling some of my resources from here. You want to get this book if you don't have it, Relational uh, Intelligence. And last week we gave away one. And man, why are you doing this all the time? Holy Ghost says, give away another one. These books are not cheap. And so we're going to give away another one, and Nina's hand went up first. So, Nina, come on up here and get this book. Before I, man, I was about to start marking it up while I was on the plane headed to Disney. There you go. You going to read it? You know it. All right. Now, what, what's the rule? If I, once you're done, what do you do? Pass it on. I'm going to pass it on. All right, good. <laughs> Y'all, if y'all don't know Nina, Nina, if nobody gives me a hard time, Nina has to give me a hard time. Thank you. So uh, I, I don't know if we'll do it next week, but I know the Holy Ghost told me to do it today. So enjoy that book. Share it. Um, I dare somebody to uh, start a small group around it. It's an amazing book. And uh, uh, Dr. Darius Daniels is an amazing man. Um, he's done extensive research on this subject of relationship. Now, it's not going to be what you think. It's going to be a little bit different than what you think, but it's really, really good. It's all biblical as well. So anyway, y'all you're glad you came to church today? Good. That's all I got for y'all. If y'all want more, you got to come on back. I got a whole lot more. Definitely don't miss Minister Eddie, who's going to bring a powerful word. Uh, yes, come on. Um, I'm hoping to tune in. 
to check it out. Make sure y'all Facebook it so I can see it and amen. And uh, I'm, while I'm away, I'm going to give my tithe. And so I want you all to do the same in my absence while you're here. Give your tithe and offering. Amen. Um, real quick, let's just have an intimate moment. I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ today. You know, even online, this is a very intimate moment. This is between you and God. Um, maybe you're saying right now in this room, Pastor B, you made some sense. I've been having some relationship challenges because I'm not connected to the vine. You know what? I haven't been praying like I used to. I, I have been searching for love in all the wrong places. But today I want to I wanna be connected to the vine. If that's you in this place, you want to give your life to Christ today to be, make sure that you're connected to the, uh, the, the vine. Just lift your hands as a posture of surrender. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I just want to offer a word of prayer for you. Even online, if that's you, you, you're saying, you know what, I've accepted this thing called salvation, but I haven't been, lived a perfect life. I want to rededicate my life today. If that's you, even online, even in this sanctuary, you want to rededicate your life. You want to get reconnected to the vine. Do you realize that part of the pruning process, you can take the root of something and replant it? And guess what? It can grow all over again. Maybe that's you today. You want to be replanted, rededicated. If that's you, just lift your hand as a posture of surrender. Let me pray for you. None of us has promised tomorrow. None of us has promised this next moment. Hallelujah. I see hands in the sanctuary, and I see hands going up online. I can feel them. Listen, if you've got your hand up as a posture of surrender, I want to pray this for you. You can pray it with me as well. Father, forgive me of my sins. Father, forgive me for allowing parasitic things to get in the way of our connection our relationship. God, I I confess that I'm a sinner in need of your grace today. I believe that your son died for me. I believe that he rose again for me. And I believe that he's coming back for me. And so God, I want to make sure that I'm on the right side of righteousness today. Accept me back into relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Put your hands together for those who made a decision for Christ today. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.